Hey, I'm Tom Ferry, and this is how you sell without selling out. Rogers That. Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, the host of Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. Today, we have someone who it's just one of those things. You meet people in life, and you, uh, you gravitate towards them because there's a really natural chemistry for friendship, and you know that there's an alignment that's way more important than work. Coincidentally, uh, my friend Tom Ferry, who's the guest today, uh, is a real estate He's a legend. He's a, he's a sales legend. He's a coaching legend. He's somebody that has found a way to be himself for a living and leveraging that to scale, which I think is a really, really hard thing for people in sales to master uh, ever. But he's my friend. Uh, I met Tom because I was a guest on his podcast where we had a really awesome and a candid conversation that led us into the world of venture capital, the world of being uh, investors in beverage, but just the world of aligning on something way greater than real estate. But I'm going to also give you a little bit of data on Tom as well, especially people that are watching this and listening that are in real estate. Uh, I'm, I'm truly in the presence of greatness. But what I like about Tom is he took something that he was born into, made it his own and grew it to a different type of, of degree. Uh, he is considered the number one real estate educator by Swain Pool Power 200. I'm um, looking up here as well. He's also the 2023 Enman Power Player and the best-selling author of a book called Life by Design. Uh, I don't know Tom that well, but I know him well enough to say that I think Tom has a lot of gifts, but I think that the one that stands out to me the most is he's intentional. And I think when you find someone in your life that is intentional and wants to see you succeed and is strategic uh, with everything from time blocking family time to being a... Uh, a man of God that knows what he's doing, uh, that's something you want to cling to. And, and so it's a, a real long background where I could have just said, Tom is the goat of sales training, not just real estate, but he's also the goat of connecting, uh, the goat of intention. And uh, he's quickly becoming one of my closest friends. So long intro for a, um, for a special person, my friend, Tom Ferry. Rogers, thank you, man. I really? Yeah, I, I, got was, a fist I was like having like a really bad day until that intro. Can I get a copy of that? That was really well, nice. Yeah, you just I'm, got it. I, Were you I'm, really having I'm, a bad day? No, no. Oh, I don't have well, that's days. why you brought liquor. He's, that's exactly right. I was actually like, thinking, the reason these are half drank, and yes. the reason I brought my own is because yes. real estate is a is a difficult business. No, I got this out of a lake right here in Dallas. Mm, they say the White lake water's finest. Mm. Exactly. I so think the water's I see good. A catfish in there. Yeah. So this is the last public <laughs> appearance for Tom Fury. Yes, I won't be living anymore. Yeah. I lost that intention. Yeah. So what do you like to do on these shows? I want to have conversations with people that are organic, and like I was telling you, it's people that. I look up to, I respect that have made a dent in their industry, but also just to kind of dig deep and find mm -hmm. out, you know, who you really are. And I think I was yeah. able to do that yeah. by again, being on, on your show, but, um, the fascination, I think we had mutually about stuff that was way greater than real estate is what made us friends. Right. And, and right. so, yeah, I want to share your story and your job is to go and make other people feel special where Good. today is about making you feel special yes. and, and, and carrying your legacy. Um, to the, you know, tens of millions of people that yeah. thank are, you for are, the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. So, so tell us the story. What's the Tom Ferry story? Uh, how would I describe Can it I best? I pour you a drink? I, I was actually thinking goat plus tequila, goat plus bourbon. There could be a one-two punch here. We might have our own separate can. I'm in. And that's going to yes. be in the, we won't do the video portion yes. of that. So turn off your YouTube. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Well, who, who is Tom Ferry? So, uh, I have been Rogers leading my entire life from my earliest memory, six years old. Uh, my pops, who's another legend in the space, uh, he, and, he and my mom decided to split. My mom hung up the phone and said, your dad's leaving us. And I remember in that moment saying like, okay, how can I help? Right. And I had an older brother who was a wonderful, he's one of my best friends on the planet. He literally was like nine and he was like crying. And my little, little sibs were like, you know, two and one. So they didn't have any 
you know, any sort of consciousness around what was happening. And I just remember thinking to myself, all right, well, I need to like help my mom do whatever it takes. And, and kind of the joke is I've just never stopped doing that. So whether it was, you know, helping friends in high school. How being, old were you? You were six? I was six. You know, like I don't have a lot of memories before that, but I remember that moment as clear as day, Chaucer Lane, Huntington Beach, California, little, you know, three bedroom, three bath house that, you know, my parents bought. My dad was a real estate agent for a guy named Pat McVeigh. And by this time he had already sort of elevated beyond that. He was doing all kinds of entrepreneurial things on a title company, a bunch of other businesses. Um, but he was starting his, his speaking career at that time. And I think he knew, you know, I've never really asked him this, but my hallucination would be, I think he knew that the sacrifices he was going to have to make were greater than the situation he was in. And he knew he had to make a change. Hmm. You know, you don't wish like divorce on anybody. Like at least I don't. Right. Um, but I knew when he made that choice, I could have just been a regular six year old, or I could have just leaned in a little bit. And all it was, was just doing the same thing I always say, which is how can I help? What's going on? But again, to take that kind of responsibility at six, whether you're six or 60, that's, yeah, yeah. That's heavy. And, yeah. and, and so, but at the same time too, I think that you had a moment where God was telling you, okay, you're a leader. Step up. And, and you got to figure out a way to go leverage what you knew at yep. six, right. you know, to help run a right. family. And so right. what was that headspace like, maybe psychologically, but also knowing that you were in kindergarten? Yeah. I mean, I don't, it wasn't like I was mowing the lawn every weekend, but I was a part of that. You know, it was doing the dishes. It was acknowledging that my mom was now a single mom. We were moving from the house we were in to a new house, making that transition. I know that was hard for her. She's got four kids. She's now working full-time because she has to, right? Like the the reality of, hey, can you turn the crock pot on at three o'clock when you get back home from school? Yeah, I can do that, right? Hey, can you check in on, you know, the person that's watching, you know, your siblings? Can, can you check in on, yeah, I can do that. It, was, it wasn't like, I had to open up the checkbook and go work every day at six, seven, eight years old. And, and to be fair, like I'm going to be with my, my mom coming up in a couple of weeks in Portland where she now lives. And these are just one of the things that I want to unpack for her more, mostly, mostly an apology because by the time I got to 12 or 13, I think I was, there was a, there was a book called many lives and many masters. Did you ever read that book? Mm-hmm. It's one of those woo woo California books where I'm from that talks about like the afterlife and that, you know, a lot of people are older souls. They've been on this planet for a long time. And I remember reading that book and just kind of self identifying as someone that just felt like, you know, when the world is kind of falling apart around me, I don't seem to react. I don't, I don't, I don't crumble. I don't cry. I don't, I just kind of say, okay, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Being in New York and nine 11. Okay. What do I need to do? right? Stock market crash, whatever it may be. Like I always just find myself in that state, but between like 14 and 16, I was such a bad kid, like Mohawk, punk rock, like all the stuff you saw when you were in my studio. Like I was that. And I don't know, like I never had like a rebellious stage of like in my early twenties. I think I got it all out of my system between 14 and 16. Mm. And do you blame uh, Knights and Satan service for that kiss? (laughs) He's a, he's a big kiss fan. If you had to, if you had to point out one, was it David Bowie? Was it Gene Simmons? I'm trying to think I have a footer. I have a memory. Who else was on the wall? Was it Richard Pryor? I'm I'm a huge Richard Pryor fan. I'm a huge fan of all things uh, comedy. No, you know, I was uh, growing up in Southern California, having uh, my mom's uncles who became sort of the, you know, the, Hey, I want to be a part of your life, you know, as you're going through this transition. And they were the ones who were like, let me introduce you to Led Zeppelin. Let me introduce you to the beach boys. Let me introduce you to the doobie brothers. Mm. So I'm like, you know, eight listening. You to might be stuff. the first person to ever go crazy because of the beach boys <laughs> or the doobie brothers. <laughs> the, well, the doobie brothers, maybe there's some, there's yes. some stuff in there, but yeah, yeah. you, 
You yeah. took good vibrations to a whole I, other level. I did. I, well, between 14, 16, Actually, around yeah, 18, did. I really did. Yeah. I really did. Kicked out of four high schools. No way. You, you and I share like, you know, you you took how many times to get your real estate license? We don't, this is about we don't discuss you, that on Tom, show. and he found a way to bring it back. 22 yes, for 22. all you people watching. Well, well, I went to four high schools, kicked out of one, it, but I didn't even get to a class. So technically, I don't feel like I ever went there. And then graduated the GED and then went to like junior college for 14 and a half seconds because I was you know, 18, didn't know what else to do. But I was working you, in a grocery you, store. If I was Dr. Phil, I would say, and I'm being genuine, do you think you were running from the fact that you knew how to be responsible? And at such a I, young age- I actually do. And that's why I want to talk to my mom about it. Dude, that's, I are, really are you do. serious? I'm dead serious. So at six years old, you have a life-altering mm-hmm. moment. You yep. assume responsibility and you go yep. through a little bit of a phase where you rebelled. Right. Or maybe you went and squeezed yeah. in childhood into two years. Yep. And yep. then all of a sudden, what happened? And again, your, your, yeah. your, your name comes with a lot of recognition, right? Yes. And your name yeah. comes with a lot of recognition in the real estate industry where mm-hmm. I knew who you were years and years ago and you mm-hmm. sent me a message and I was like, holy crap, this is so, yeah. this is such yeah. a, a touching moment. But I mean, what was that pivotal moment where you drop out of JUCO, you get a GED, you're yeah. walking around, you have, you know, your boombox playing all of a yeah. sudden you realize what? Boombox. Yeah. I've had a bunch. I think everybody, the listener right now, you know, um, we have multiple experiences in our life. If you study human psychology, which I'm a big fan of, you know, between like the second and third grade, you adopt what's either called a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And very early on, uh, I would say that I, I had aspirations of a growth mindset, but the farther I got from the front of the classroom, the more fixed I got in like, I don't want to learn this. I don't understand this. I don't get geometry. Is it I don't it care about you? world history. I didn't care about any of it. I cared about art. I cared about sports. I cared about my friends. I cared about how I could, I, I would say today contribute to others. I didn't care about it back then. Like I didn't know what the word was. Right. Um, but I would say that there was a moment in there. There's clearly a moment when, you know, my parents got divorced and then I would say, you know, moving to moving from like call it Westminster, California, which would be, you know, Gar- Garland to Highland Park. Yeah. That was the move that I made. Garland to Highland Park, moving in with my pops, which only lasted like a couple of months before they booted me out. But even that was a pivotal moment. It was the realization that I'm the one that keeps doing this. Nobody's doing anything to me. I'm the one that keeps making these choices. And I remember like literally sitting there with like garbage pails full of all my clothes and a 74 LTD with suicide doors in front that my dad's assistant, Kathy Spadoni, sold to my dad for like a few shekels. Imagine how rad that car was going to be when you're like 16, 17. I'm like, I have scored. And there's a note in the car that says, not yours. And here's all your, like all my bags of clothes. And I walked up the house. I'm like, all right, grab my stuff and started walking. And that's when I started to realize like, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Now, I, I was too naive to be able to turn on, knock on the door and say, hey, I'm sorry. But instead, I was like, all right, this is just the path. I'm going to take my stuff. I had done three weeks of survival training between the summer of ninth grade or eighth grade going into ninth grade, which was the greatest gift L- my parents gave. Like I mean, like, if you can kill it, you can eat it. And if you can't kill anything, you can't eat. Don't drink that water. Boil that water. Uh, full before reality TV. Way before. And this was like, like, imagine you're being told you're going to camp. So your mom takes a Polaroid photo of you. So you dye your hair the next day. So maybe they won't recognize you. There was nothing that like, I was, I was OP. You know what I mean? There was nothing. And I dyed my hair black Rogers. Can you imagine that? Seriously? Oh, it was just so horrible. It, it was like so a horrible. Match. Right. And half the people in the camp were like in handcuffs at the airport. And I was like, wow, camp. All right, cool. It's like scared straight. That's a show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. So that was a defining moment. There's been 
tens of defining moments in business, well, but well, get us to the point where you, you realize your gift differently, and you decided to go and you know you you literally have it yeah. in your blood, and, yeah. and, and I think the gift of speaking, the gift of making people feel welcome, yeah. and, and how to do that to you know, like a pastoral way, what was that moment? What was your first foray into the world of, of real estate training and education? So I had an epiphany. I was working at a grocery store at midnight to nine with like purple hair, usually wearing like a- Are you being serious? I'm dead this serious, This is such man. a surprise to me. Not yeah. that it matters, no, but- it's, I, I think when you're, at least for me, I don't know everybody's individual path, right? I know for me, if I was going to rebel, I was going to go hard, right? So it, like, I don't do a lot of easy- yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to go on tour. I'm going to go do 24 cities on top of everything else that I'm already doing. I'm going to coach all the best people. Like, I just, I kind of pack on that kind of stuff. So even when I was being a knucklehead, I did the same thing. It's called being an extremist. Exactly. I like that. I actually like that word. Um, some people freak out I'm by a, it. I'm an extremist. Absolutely. It means you're all Absolutist. in you're all out. Right. An all, yeah. or, all or nothing. There's yeah. interested or committed, man. I have, I have a lot of interests. I give them very little time. Yep. I have a lot of commitments. I give them all my time. And I call those obsessions. Absolutely. My mom called me as a, a hoarder as a kid. I go, no, I collect memories and I don't want yes. to throw them away. Right. And yes. Not that I like kept like old, like random Ziploc bags, but yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, to, if you find something and you I, obsess over it. It's your, it's your thing. I see it when I walk through your office. Yeah. yeah. I see it when I see photos of your record collection, yeah, yeah. which yeah. you've never shown me. Yeah. Well, well here's We're the We're going to solve that. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool. I'm busting your chops. No, no, no. So but this I is had, fascinating because I, yeah. I, I guarantee you that, that, especially the people that know Tom Ferry and his name, it's a lot of real estate people that, Correct. It, 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 myself included, I'm guilty. Like, I just assumed that you had it figured out at an early age. Not at all. But I think that's what makes you that much more attractive because yeah. the authenticity is really like you're, you're, you're a broken person mm -hmm. that found your path to right. your, your gift. Right. So, okay. So get us, get have us you, to the gift. Have you tried yoga? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I have a love hate relationship with yoga. Yeah. Yoga is a practice Yeah. and I look at it like it's never something I'm going to be killer at, but I can keep working it and working it and finding like yeah. moments. And, and I look at like life and business the same way. Like life is a practice. Yeah. Right. Being in relationship is a practice. Managing your money is a practice. Making investments is a practice. You got to do it a lot. Yeah. Right. To ever get good at anything. So my, my defining moment was. Well, hold on. I'm asking yeah. you a question on that. Yeah. Is part of the reason you like all that, the way of thinking is that you know you're never going to be the best? 100%. Same. 100%. And I think that's part of your gift as well. Yeah. And that's why yeah. you're an authentic coach. Anyway, back to, yeah. back to the point yeah. you were making. So I was working midnight tonight at this grocery store and this guy sold me his Honda 125 CC, like lawnmower on wheels, like my first mode of transportation. He was a total, just a sweetheart of a guy. And literally he was like old, he was like 28 and I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like 18, but you know, like yeah. that's a big gap, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at him and I'm looking at the stuff that I'm stocking on the shelves. And I thought to myself, that guy's making like 12 bucks an hour. I'm making 12 bucks an hour. He's 28. I'm 18. What am I doing? And it was just that, right? And literally Rogers, my, my dad comes walking in. Now he's in like a Armani suit, picking up like groceries for my stepmom and my stepsister and like straight in from like LAX. God knows where he was that week, probably five cities in five days. He looks completely exhausted. I come walking up to him and I'm like, dad, now he kicked me out a year and a half ago. We have not talked in a year and a half. Dad, purple hair, earrings, you know, punk rock t-shirt with a Vons pavilion, you know, whatever thing, like thing around my waist. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I want to run your company. And he literally said to me the greatest line ever. He goes, Hey, when the drugs were off, come talk to me. And he just turned around and he walked away. So I jokingly say, I waited four or five hours. The drugs wore off. And, and that morning I, I remember thinking to myself, okay, what can I do 
to like cut my hair normal to try and dye it to a reasonable color. And then I sat down at his place and I'm like, no, I really want to run your company. You used to make me work on the weekends. I was like taking audio cassette things that you were selling to people and I would shove them inside the package and I'd send them out on UPS. I'm like, I, I understand the business. I can do this. And he was like, kid, here's my business, finance, HR, people, sales, marketing, logistics, events. And he broke the whole thing down. He's like, you uh, how take- How old were you, 20? 18, 18. And he's like, if you can master any one of those, then one day you can run my company. And I literally, Rogers, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be the receptionist, which that was hysterical. And he actually called in one day and I'm like, hey, Tom Ferry Productions, this is, and like, I, like, I didn't, it just slipped out of my head. And he goes, hey, hey, not yet. Now wow. pass me over to my assistant. I'm like, oh, sorry, dad. Um, I just went on this journey of like obsessing over trying to understand how does the finance department work and why was it such a mess? And why do we not have reoccurring revenue? Why is it all just one-off opportunities? We don't, we, don't have, we, have, we don't have customers. We have people that walk in now and then and do something. How do we do better, right? Why, why does my dad have no control over where he's going to speak the next day? How many people will be there? Can he make an offer? Can he not make an offer? Like, this is a stupid business. I'm like a year in and I pull him aside and I go, here's my five-year plan. I'm going to master the logistical side of the business. Then I'm going to go into sales and marketing. I'm going to figure out how you can make more money doing what you're doing and get you to stop doing things that just don't make sense. And he's looking at me like, kid, and he was great because he was an absentee owner. He was like, I'll give you a little permission, no title, but, but why don't you figure out on the sales side how to be better? Why don't you help a little bit in the marketing. And I was just dabbling in all this stuff, but even my, my curiosity around my customer, right? Around the client, like what are their problems? No, no one said to me, businesses solving fundamental problems, the bigger the problem, the more money you make. But it was obvious to me, my dad had no control. So what if I can give him control? What if I got more time with my dad? Huh. What if I got him home more? Give him time. You with me? Yeah. And, and literally, we started creating events. And by the way, this is not, you can't learn this kind of thinking. No, you, 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 you got to be in it. it. But I'm saying you, you had this gift. And, and again, yeah. maybe it was passed down from your dad, and there's just yeah. a part of it. Because I think yeah. as business owners, if something's working, to go change yeah. that is a really daunting thought. Right. And what your dad was doing was working. Right. But you were, you, you've realized you learned the gift of scale. Right. I, I helped with, by the time he gave me some authority and autonomy to run the business, we grew from seven to 45 million bucks in revenue. And most of that became reoccurring revenue. So we woke up on January 1st and said, all right, we got $38 million in reoccurring revenue. Don't, don't lose it. How do we add more to it? And, and just like, even that was a breakthrough to figure out how do you go from just a transaction based business where it's just, you know, eat, kill, eat, kill, eat, kill, kill, eat every single day to, why don't we take on clients and like, let's treat them like family. Let's, let's be responsible for their business. And then that was the beginning of back in 1991, what we would now call business coaching, which in real estate today is probably a billion dollars a year in revenue. Wow. Right. I mean, it's like, it didn't exist prior to that. There was, there was no, the sales managers held people accountable, kind of right. Office leaders, right. OMS or a CEO of a company might say, I'm going to take you under my wing and be your mentor. But we were the very first to come out and say, we have a coaching program. Certified trained coaches are going to walk you through a program and help you 20, 30, 40% extra business or double it or triple it, whatever you desire. And then we started creating playbooks, methodologies based upon all our best clients. Like this is, here's the roadmap. It, I mean, it was a fascinating time for someone that was, you know, for me, 21, 22, to just have that opportunity. I'm, I'm so grateful for my dad. Like every, I'm going to call him as soon as we're done. Yeah. Just to remind him how much I love, I love him. Scale of one to 10 at that time, how much did you know about real estate? None. How much did you know about people? A ton. How much did you know about salespeople? 
Um, because I ran the sales department. Not, not necessarily. Yeah. I'm just saying like salespeople for a living. Yeah. Like it could be selling a cup or it could be selling yes, real estate. Yes. Uh, it's, it's Prieto's principle, man. It's 2080, right? 20% do all the volume, all the transactions, all the business. None of them are natural born salespeople. If they're natural born salespeople, they got to a certain level and they stopped. Mm. Everybody else, it's yoga. Mm. It's a practice. Mm. They keep getting better. They refine their skills. I don't know if I've told you, a gal I'm going to introduce you to is my client, Maxine Gellens. Maxine will turn 85 in April of this year. Mm. She is Berkshire Hathaway's number one agent in San Diego. She's top six or seven in the country, like $6 million a year in gross commission income. She's going to be 85. Wow. 85. Nope. You, we had Abby here locally, right? Who was like 185, right? Like, yeah. but Maxine, what makes her so unique, and I see the same thing in you and so many people that I, I, I'm blessed to engage with is this, how do I make a better mindset? Right. So that's all I had the entire time. How do I make it better? Hmm. Now I was lucky because my dad said to me, Hey, while you're in the office doing accounting or figuring out logistics or mm -hmm. like, trying to find hotel locations for us to you know, book meetings or whatever it may be, why don't you listen? By the way, before Google, yeah. you know, so it was it's hard. Like being efficient back then was a different kind of gift you had to learn too. You, you literally picked up the yellow pages and said hotels. Yep. Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt, you know, whatever, ding, ding. Hi, do you guys have a ballroom that holds, you know, 300 people? Can I get it one day a week for six weeks starting in this time period? Nope. Okay, call the next one. Anyway. It's crazy. It's just grinding, right? I mean, the, you but may you have got used to yeah. it. Of you know, course. I think that's what, that's what sets you of up course. to have such a sustainable business model too. Yeah. I, and we were yeah. talking about this before we started. So much more, it, people like us feed off of like responsibility, Yeah. right? And, yeah. And, and, and I think having that like hour a day or 10 minutes a day where mm -hmm. there's not something to do to be more productive, it makes me super anxious. And yeah. I learned that at an early age, Yeah. you know, a, a, as well, but you did that. But going back to learning salespeople, the Pareto principle, like you mm -hmm. were saying, my, my question, my lead in is when you decided to go and be a different kind of voice, you branched off from your family and you yeah. built a brand around you, was the initial target realtors? So very much so. Very much so. I felt I had gone as far as I could go uh, supporting my dad. Yeah. And, and again, so for the person listening, if you know who my dad is, he, Rogers, he has a very definitive way that he believes people should listen sell real estate. And, and what happened was uh, the early days, how we originally – Beyond the billboards, when I started hearing about you from Steve Murray. So Steve and I were partners in this thing called the Top 1000 for the Wall Street Journal, the Top 1000 Agents and Teams in the country, and then the Real, uh, trend, real, the real trend, Trends Report. Yeah. So we were partners in all that stuff. And uh, and when I was, the first year that was published, it was like, I don't know, it was 1993, something like that. And it was just the top 100 agents in the country. Well, 16 of those agents were my personal clients. Wow. And what was unique about them is almost none of them did anything the same. Like they, I mean, of course, like an open house is an open house, right? Launching a listing is launching a listing. But it was, it was the subtle little things that they did better than anybody else that made them stand out. Some were really good marketeers. Some were great at direct mail. Some were doing billboards. Some were making cold calls. Some were only working their sphere. You know, some were sending faxes to businesses. There was, you know, there's only so many modalities of marketing yeah. back then. But, but there wasn't like this blueprint for everybody does it just like this. So even while I'm working with him and that is the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the, you know, the company message internally as a business coach, I was exploring, man. I was like a scientist working with these clients trying to figure out, Hey man, you're really good at this. Have you met this gal? 
because she's killer at this. If I got the two of you together, I think you could take the best of what you got, a little bit of what she's got, and you could add another pillar of marketing, sustainability, growth. And hey, the market's going to adjust. It always does. The, you know, the more sort of pillars you have, the more stable your business is. And those were all the inklings of what would become the operating principles of our business today. No wrong way to generate a client, right? Always have your client as your first, like, how do I serve them? That's the only thing that matters, right? Solve every possible problem, serve the client, but also figure out a way to like serve a lot of clients, mm. right? Like, can you set up like a, you know, a, a better machine, yeah. right? That can, that you do what you do best and you surround yourself with people that do what they do best. And this is like for every business owner, they're like, yeah, that's how you scale. But nobody was talking about it back then in real estate. Hmm. Um, and, and I want to uh, sing to uh, Tom's success and his wisdom as well. We had coffee a few weeks ago. And one of the questions I asked him, not even mm -hmm. preparation for this, but just as a friend, uh, really before my conversation with you, mm -hmm. uh, I would I tell people I would never trust a bald barber or a right. skinny cook. Right, right. But um, my question, without me trying to be intentionally yeah. jabbing, I was like, yeah. well, you've never sold real right. estate. right how do you go and share wisdom with realtors? And then mm. you said very quickly, mm -hmm. you're yep. a DJ. I'm a DJ. A and I was like, that is so smart. And it's so yep. applicable where yep. you've, whether it's the top 16 uh, out of the top 100 realtors, right. those are your people, but right. to scale, it's really a, a lion's share of, of people in real estate. Right. You're, you're a sponge for a living. And, and what day. you do is you listen to people and you're like, that will work for this person. You're connecting yep. the dots, which again, yep. scaling, you can't do that for the tens and no. twenties of thousands of people that you that you help. So you've no. built a team. And I want to go, go back to something else you said yeah. as well, which I yeah. thought was really valuable. What you did when you were absorbing your dad's success in his company is mm -hmm. you eventually became an orchestrator. Yep. And I think one of the parts that makes you lethal is all the different things that you have in your branches. Yep. You know, from experience, how to go lead those different, th those different arms as well. Um, so w with the real estate stuff, I mean, like now in 2023, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's March of 23. How many real estate agents do you think you've directly been in front of, whether that's in person or behind the scenes or through your software programs? That are active today? No, I've been, no, just I've been doing general. this for a long time. I know. Yeah, I'd say- A um, few million? Easy, easy. I mean, between Europe, Australia, New Zealand, which is a small population, South Africa. I mean, we have clients in, we have clients in 29 countries around the world. And because of things like YouTube, which I was smart enough, I think, because I got some nudging from a buddy of mine that, that helped on the acquisition team from Google, got on YouTube in 2007. When you start looking at those numbers, yeah. it's nuts. So let, let's say 10 million plus people in the world of real estate Easy. have been directly yeah. impacted by you, which means yeah. really every- I don't know if I can take credit for impact because impact could be positive or negative, but they've heard me. I'll say, I'll well, say that. A, yeah. Well, take it as a compliment. Yeah. I mean, they, they've, yeah. they've been blessed by you. Okay. Sure. And then that, through that, sure. like hundreds of millions of people through yes. the butterfly effect half. Right. Um, first question, I'm going to spin it positively. Um, what's that feel like knowing that you literally have a different kind of touch point because in real estate, like one of the things yeah. that is really disappointed about it for the most part, there's always one person that wins and one person that maybe doesn't win. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that they lose, but yeah. there's enemies and there's people that don't want to see other people win right. where you're literally loved and respected by everybody. So what oh, is I that? Know. I got I got haters. Yeah, but I'm. But, yeah. I'm, but for yeah. the most part, I mean, yeah. like, there's people like coaches and self help people. Yeah. They're so full of crap. Even the ones yeah. that don't like me, when I meet them face to face, they we still find common, which you know, common bond, and you know, it's, yeah. it's probably because like me, they, yeah. you're misunderstood. Yeah, and very I think much when so. you put yourself in a public place and you have a lot of people that are looking up to yeah. you, there's some, there's someone that's gonna be like that guy's not real. Yeah. But I tell you this to her, what what does that responsibility feel like? Honestly. Um, 
It's so funny, honestly. Salespeople don't say honestly because people think, like, do you normally lie to them? What's going through my head, Rogers, is half the time I feel like I suck. Like, I get 800,000 views on my YouTube channel. Why don't I get, you know, Isn't eight, crazy? 8 million? Do you know what I mean? It's like, crazy. Like cause it's never good enough. It, it's never, it's, I'm, I'm always grateful and I'm never satisfied. Yeah. Do you know which, what I mean? Like, which, I mean, preach. Yeah. Right. So, then, so like I'll spend money on advertising to get more people to see it. Yeah. It, with, with no commercial benefit at all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not like, but wait, there's more call my office. And no, it's just like, that was a really good video. Our interview was really hot. This one I just did with this marketing genius. I was like, man, just put some money behind that. Like the more people see that, like I'd literally but, people but at the root of it, it's because you care, but also at the yes. root of it, like you're your own worst enemy. A hundred percent. It sucks. It's, it's and one of yeah. my buddies has an expression. He says it's infinite elasticity, yeah. right? Which just means no matter how far you stretch it, it's, it can right. always keep stretching. Right. You're never going to have right. this inflection point. It's the you're universe. Like, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So on the flip side of this question, mm -hmm. selfishly for me ish. So this is my 23rd year in real estate. Yes. I started my company 16 years ago yep. and kind of to play off your point, instead of yeah. me focusing yeah. always on these lives that have been impacted positively through yeah. an idea I had, it's always the losses and oh, it's yeah. the revolving oh, door. Yes. Yes. How does that not crush your soul? It doesn't. How? It doesn't. Um, I'm saying like the, knowing I, I, I that mean, you've I done could, everything you can yes. to help these people. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. So um, back in the early 90s, there was a kid named Lonnie Boucher, and, and no one will know that name. The significance to Lonnie was when we met him. Isn't that the kid from The Water Boy? No. That's Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher, yeah. yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. My, my name is Bobby Boucher. And I like Vicky Valancourt because she showed me her Vicky. beep, yeah. right? Uh, Medulla oblongata. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, we just connected again. You see, this Not is what reversed. we do. Yeah. This is what happens when we hang out. Sorry. Um, Vicky, so Lonnie, Vicky Valancourt, golly. Vicky Valancourt, Fun she was fact, hot. the mom on Waterboy, Kathy Bates, SMU graduate. Yes, Yeah. Really? Vicky Valancourt was Feruza Balk. And not to be confused with the coach, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. A.K.A. the Fonz. Yes, with that green notepad. Right? It was so <laughs> awesome. That's like me when I walk around, except I have the confidence. He had another confidence. Yeah. He got it back. Though. He, he also got Bobby Boucher. Right? Yep. So, so Lonnie Boucher uh, was a Bobby's pack. brother. He was, but again, he was a pack mule for drug dealers. Oh my so gosh. he was bringing drugs across the border between like 13 and 17. Born and raised in Louisiana. Gets caught. Which is goes where Bobby to jail. Boucher was. I know. Fun fact. But it gets worse. He spirals after he gets out of jail into like a really dark place of, of his own personal drug use. And then with a child born, decides he's going to get clean and sober. Wow. He does. So I forget. And he became a realtor? No. I was like, no, oh. he, he became a speaker. So, so he would be out doing like these like high school events, talking to kids, like trying to basically scare the hell out of them, right? Don't do drugs. And again, this is like early 90s. I don't know who introduced us, but when he and I, my dad sat down, it, it was, it was just like, we have to get this kid in front of more people. So we'd have him speak at our events. You know, we, we put him on the map, we got him to write a book and like audio programs, wow. like just trying to help this kid because his message was just so pure. Like you can recover from the darkness and step back into the light. You can do it right. Anybody can. And it's not an easy path, but he did it right. So the reason back to long story back to, you know, with Bobby Boucher and everything else is, um, he once said to me, if I took credit for all the people that became sober because of me, I would also have to take credit for all the lives that I took. Ooh. And I was like, and when he said Dude. that it landed and Holy I was like, crap. I was like, yeah. So, so what's hard for me is. So the in, interpretation of that stay humble. Well, it's at every, focused. every event I go to, someone says, oh my God, you changed my life. And I say, no, I didn't. 
I open doors. You yeah. ran through it. I, I provide, I provide insight and guidance and information. More people don't use my stuff than use my stuff. So, so do I have to take credit for all the bad advertising? It's, I need to spend more money. You need a million views. I, I really do. It thanks. Okay. I have to leave. Today's show was brought to yeah. you by my failure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's that it, it does. And, and, and when you look at the lineup of all of our clients, they are arguably like, I was just texting with a guy who's the number one agent, in all of Sardinia in Italy. And I'll be in Australia in front of thousands of people. And the guy that is kind of you there, a guy named John McGraw owns McGraw real estate spelled McGrath, which the, Aussies don't know how to spell or say things. It's hysterical. But Johnny, who I've known for like 26 years, like he's like, oh, you've done so much for my career. And I'm like, John, you built one of the biggest luxury brands in all of Sydney. You know, I talk to you once a week. You were working a hundred hours a week. I just, I'm a guide. I'm the person in the back of the boat. When I say, Hey, we're on, we're on the snake river and you know, lunch baskets coming up. And if you don't like go right or left, you're going to right. So, Hey, go left. And, and some people don't go left. Sherpa. I like that word. I do uh, like that word, but I'm not a mountaineer. No, I'm not either. But I do. But I'm more of like a mensch. Yeah. Yeah. Which is such a great mensch word. Mensch is a great. Have I have, you seen I have a lot of the documentary. No. It's really good. It's about okay. this guy that whatever. Uh, we can go back. I don't to watch enough TV court. stuff, but yes. Yeah. But I had. But I, I think I've probably seen uh, Waterboy like 20 times. Really? Oh, Golly, yeah. we just connected on a whole yeah. different yes. level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before yeah. I met Abby, every Sunday I would watch one documentary about music and this one super mensch is, is really special. I'll have to check that out. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the question because yeah. this, again, this is selfish yeah. and it reminds me, I'm going to lead with, I used to do these little things at our old office 10 years ago or once a month, I'd have someone come speak my dad, people that meant a lot to me and yeah. vividly remember, yes. uh, I had the people that founded my old CrossFit gym and it was mm -hmm. guys that I didn't really have a lot in common with, but yeah. I, respected their brand. And at the end, everyone asked questions. And my question was to this guy, Sam. And I said, how do you get excited knowing that Joe Blow is coming in and you're going to teach a thousandth person how to do an air squat? And he goes, well, it's the first time for them. Right. And I was like, holy crap. And right. it just stuck with right. me, which I ask you this to where your yeah. scale is mm -hmm. so significant. Mm -hmm. But maybe I, I cheated a little bit here. But how do you get excited and knowing that your job is to be yourself for living right. with a microphone? Yeah. How, excuse me, that was a real burp. Yes. How, how do you get excited? Oh, this is a no editing show. That I burp love is that. sponsored by Waterloo Sparkling <laughs> yes. Water. One of my by favorite. Goat. If you want to burp like a goat, no, drink please. this. I really, yes. that, that might have stained the microphone. <laughs> um, how do you, honestly, how do you easy. stay excited? Easy. Easy, easy, easy. Idris, who's with me, right? So we've done nine of these, this new tour we're doing. You go so, with him everywhere? Yeah. So, you know, we get a... He's like, yeah. yeah he's, like, he's like, yeah, please. So we're going to right? Sydney? Right. Oh. No, no. How about like uh, last week it was Orlando, Atlanta, Miami, because my team doesn't understand logistics. Orlando you know? where? Orlando, Atlanta, Miami. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, we couldn't have thought maybe Atlanta, Orlando, Miami or Miami, Orlando, Atlanta. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I digress. It's the same talk. It's the same talk. It's delivered differently because Miami is different from Atlanta is different from Orlando. But, but I have, I walk in with the same intention. Don't laugh. I literally say, make them laugh. It's really hard to do what they do. They're under a tremendous amount of stress. Rates just went to seven, right? They've got uncertainty. They might not have any escrows right now. Make them laugh, have tremendous empathy for where they're at, and then give them hell. 
which is and why I just I'm, go into all my stuff. I'm his opener, and I come in and I say, "I'm Rogers. I failed the real estate exam 21, <laughs> 21 times. times." So okay, that even and they go, "Hello, they, Rogers." Oh, I'm glad I'm not you. Yes. that actually made me think too about music, which is one of the connections we had. Right. So one of the right. one of the greatest moments of my life, truly, uh, about 12 years ago, I saw the Eagles play for the first time. Yeah. And I went by myself. I had a, it was actually it was 14 years ago. I was emotional. I yeah. had great seats. I was yeah. by myself, and they played two nights in a row. Yeah. The second night was one of the biggest letdowns because I was like, oh, my God, this is so rehearsed. They're wearing the same outfits, literally Verbatim. everything. And Verbatim. I was like, oh, my. And so you're you're a rock star. Or doing, you're, I'm, you're, I'm you're, performing. You're a performer. I'm performing. Right. But the difference is mm -hmm. like and you could tell like the onset, the on chemistry between Glenn Fry and Don Henley wasn't genuine. You have to find a way to connect very right. quickly because if not, they know that you're not being authentic, which, again, right. you've done that as well as anybody. So. Which is why. 30 minutes before the seminar starts and the doors open and everybody runs in their seats, I spend all my time walking around going, hey, man, thanks for coming to the event. And I see clients, right? And I see people that, I mean, I've been doing this for 33 years. I see people that I met in 1989. Oh my God, I used to come to all your stuff with your dad. I'm like, oh man, it's so great to see you. Like, and I do have this, like this weird memory for like, we met in Minneapolis at that ugly Marriott. Like, yeah, they're like, yes. I'm like 1992. I'm the one that put your eggs on the bottom and then the cans on top. I'm so sorry. dude. I'm actually going to do a YouTube video. Idris, I want to do a YouTube video on how to properly bag groceries. Okay. It this is like a, like a, like a, a warning for everyone. I look at people, there's no training for bagging groceries. This is like one of my pet peeves. Like I literally for the last, e who would have thought this is what would have turned you for on my entire the, yeah. life. No one bags your groceries except for me. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what we're doing. I'm like, no, I got this. Which is why Tom you Ferry cool. is proud to announce Tom Ferry Farms, where you will come and bag your own groceries, get your no, own eggs. No, I'm going to bag your groceries. <laughs> I'm be, obsessed by yeah, it. Yeah, he's going to go and tell you how not to scale. He's going to become I, the world's best grocery I, bagger. I do. I organize the four corners. I double bag every single time. Like I'm, I'm obsessed about it. Have you heard yeah. of the uh, term OCD? <laughs> there could be that. There could be a little bit Come of Come into my closet. Yeah. Same. Everything is organized. Um, but that's, listen, uh, I am listening. it is not uncommon though for people like you and I who are probably perceived as not being very organized. It's more of a, it gives us control. It makes us feel a little better. Right. Even though most of our world is completely out of control all the time. I have no control of how many people will be there tomorrow. I have no control if there'll be traffic. You I have, have no, you know, yeah. you know, like, so, so you, you focus on what you can't control because it brings you some but solace. But then I obsess over the stuff I don't have control over, which makes me less happy. And that's all part of, I don't you know, do that. Well, good. I, that's on the uh, next yeah. conversation, I guess. Yes. Whole separate uh, podcast. Um, another big question. Um, these questions are honestly selfish for me too. Uh, and we kind of, we have questions we ask every guest and a lot of times I'm like, all right, but like yeah. balance. Yeah. Like, how do you go? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's an and absolute, do you it's think a myth. It, it's a lie. It's someone trying to sell you something. Um, you show me a balanced person. I'll show you somebody in a bad relationship, bad with their money. Like if you're too good at one thing and yeah, life is leverage. You have to leverage to get the things that you want, right? I don't mean just like buy more real estate and leverage. I mean like leverage time, like do your highest and best. And, you know, for me, sometimes bagging groceries, right? Like I, would you say bagging one, groceries is your hobby? No, no. It's just, are it's you, just when I have to go to the grocery store. Are you passionate about bagging groceries? I actually, well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm almost borderline upset about it because, because people do it so poorly. Do you ever watch supermarket sweep? Do you get no. pissed? Do you ever seen that show? No. Okay. Don't watch it. I don't want, yeah. You'll the get TV's, so angry. Yeah. Um, so 
So I would say, um, here, here's, here's my caveat to the person that is like, no, but I find balance. Here's what I say. I start every October and I map out everything I'm going to do for the entire year with my family. Right, I have a son at SMU's graduating in May. The next day, we're going to Rome. We're going to go hang out with my buddy, and he's going to get married to his beautiful gal in Ravello, and then we're going to come home for two days. Then we're going to go to Australia, and I'm going to go do two days of talks. And then I'm going to fly down to Sydney, and my best friend on the planet and his two kids, we're all going to meet up, and I have every dinner already I'm going planned. going to Sydney? Yes, you're coming to Sydney, brother. I didn't tell me? you. This is like a game show. <laughs> yes. But like, so my whole thing is, if it's not my schedule, it doesn't exist. Okay. If it's not in my schedule, it doesn't. So everything that matters to me, the people that matter, the meetings that matter, the time I want, even if it's just like these like blocks of like, and, and some of you are going to say, well, you're, this is too obsessive, but like, I have like just chunks of time that just say Tom and Kathy, Dude, just that's, my wife and I, that's healthy. I think it is time, time blocking is really, really healthy. Yep. And I think that maybe, you know, you and I, it, it's hard for me to be spontaneous Right. And I went through a phase where I canceled a lot of things because I yeah. was just burned out. But for sure, for sure. Yeah. We, we probably overcommit to our calendars sometimes. Yeah. And then I, I'll come home and just go, can we just do nothing? Like, is there like a Netflix show or something you're into? Like, can we light a fire? My but fireplace doesn't work when it's cold. What, yeah. I need help. It's, call your HOA. Uh, yeah. No, I mean like high rise. Like they said to me, well, yeah, I don't well, know why I'm like, discussing I'm that. I, don't know. I know. I don't know why I was looking at you for that. I, I can't it just, it, it baffles me. My fireplace doesn't work when it's cold. Well, I'm, on, I'm on my way. <laughs> you look to me like it's, it's an extension of my services here. But uh, <laughs> There wasn't a Rogers Realty somewhere out there. The Healy Property Management <laughs> yes. can help, but not Rogers That's Healy. That's a good idea. No, I'm, not, good. I'm not showing up. Uh, so we what, drift off into these weird thoughts. No, no. But I, but again, yeah. I think that's why it goes back to the connection yeah. of, of the venture capital and these things yes. that excite you Yes, and music. Yes. And I think yes. that music for both yes. of us is a different kind of escape. And so I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you a question mm -hmm. that I ask people on the Rogers music tour podcast. Right. You're allowed one song mm -hmm. the rest of your life. It doesn't have to play on repeat where it drives you crazy, but yeah. one song, what is the one song? Oh man. For the rest of my life, I have too many one songs in my head. I would have to go with um, "Panic in Detroit" by David Bowie, B-side, Aladdin Insane. Whoa, you just dug super deep. Because well, because it dun, 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 it's got enough rock and roll element, but it also has a jazz funk element, and the lyrics are just fantastic. So like it 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 feeds into a couple genres of music all in one song. Follow up music song. What's your theme song? Hmm. I probably have to say Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Really? He's a it. pastor now. Six foot six. Mont I, totally makes sense. This is how we do it. But like, that's like, yeah, my whole thing is like when people are like, but I don't understand. Like, this is this just is how, how we do we it. do it. Right. It's Friday, Friday night. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. Next question. Who yeah. plays you in a movie? God, who plays? Well, um, Ralph, Bradley Cooper, probably. Or? Bradley Cooper. No, I don't, you know, um, or maybe like Val Kilmer in that skateboard movie. Yeah, that was good. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. I was genius, actually, or? who was the guy, uh, um, he played Richie Cunningham. Oh, gosh, really? Like Ron Howard? Howard? That, but, but I have way too much You know hair. who else was in that? Hey, hey the Fonz. The Fonz, yeah, bring it right? back to Bobby Boucher. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'd probably have to say, because yeah, I don't know, like, I don't think I, yeah, like, I, I think I have a unique Cunningham enough look. Richie didn't go through a, like a, yeah. oh, just based off looks alone. Okay. That's, yeah, I was, that, well, that was my point of reference. Like, someone that kind of remotely looks like me, I'm like, I think I look uniquely like myself. So, literally, the most um, all American human on, in the history exactly. of the world. Exactly. It just wow. says, hey, oh, he's got red hair and freckles. Yeah. Go to Ireland, go to Jacksonville. I'm everywhere. Okay. Which, yeah. okay, I'm glad yeah. you brought up Jacksonville. I know that we talked about mm -hmm. kind of the visions for the future. And, and, and while we can uh, spend up like a couple minutes on it, talk about the ventures that keep you sane that have nothing to do with real estate. Like, how have you found yourself in the yeah. world of venture capital? 
and these startup deals where you're using your superpowers to a different kind of scale. And that's yeah. helping growing businesses from infusing your own capital. I, uh, I love entrepreneurs. I love big ideas. I love uh, people that don't know how to get there, but are passionately committed to getting there. I love the inkling of an idea. I'm obsessed over execution. So all those things led down to, I have some extra shekels. Where could I go? I've impact. That's the third time you've used shekels is one of your words. I man, listen, like, like it, every, every Israeli <laughs> company that I can invest in, I invest in. It's like every military company I can invest in. I, I, I probably have 36 companies in my portfolio that are military led businesses like those men and women, they do it right. So many shekels. Right. So many shekels. Yeah. Right. But you know what I mean? So it's, it's, I think it's a passion, like the tequila and the bourbon. That's like, approximately really how many shekels friend. would this cost? <laughs> that would cost you like seven I think that's shekels. Our, that's our four year bourbon. And that's probably 34 to 43, depending on where you get it. Maybe specs 39. I really only deal in shekels at this point. So <laughs> how many shekels? <laughs> I think it's like 2 million shekels to a dollar. Whoa. That's a lot of shekels. So that's yeah. that's a $68 million bottle of, of whiskey. Thank you so much, dude. Sean Wayne is actually, we're going to buy, we're going to bring him back from the grave. Oh my God. I hope I'm accurate on that. So we make sure when we're in the car, I need to check yeah, the, the conversion. We're going to have subtitles for the first time. Right. To make sure. Um, for, so I'm, but I'm yeah. seeing these deals that you're yeah. in, like, and again, part of the fascination yeah. of you too, I sent out to you, you love subscription based companies. Do, you love, love companies where companies, you can go yeah. and, and make an impact. They really have not, even though realtors drink a lot, especially during yeah. the day, yeah. you're not doing this because of your impact in real estate. And so how are you no. seeking these deals out and what's been the most exciting one so far? So and also everyone has on yeah. the live stream, what are you drinking? Yeah. Um, so this is a company my wife formed. So she got breast cancer and it was a call to her to say, I need to purify my body, detox more, eat better. So she created like this uh, pea-based protein. This is like a detoxification drink. Kind of, mm. it kind of looks and tastes a little bit like an iced tea, really, right? With a little bit of lemonade, uh, Arnold Palmer, whatever this. And then she takes some. She created a, a thing called Focus, which would be like any one of the other brain stimulants that you can get off the shelf today at Whole Foods or wherever wow. else. So, so that's that. Um, the the bourbon company. It's it's interesting. Like a buddy of mine asked me if I wanted to be a part of a company he was starting about 14 years ago. He wanted to do uh, Starbucks for weed, and I was like, Yeah, I'm not a weed guy, right? So so the first thing is I only invest in things that I believe in, yeah. and where I believe I can have impact. And of course, I, I mean, I have eight questions that I ask every founder before I would even invest with them, and they got to match. They got to match all that stuff and answer it the right way. And most can't even answer the first question. Um, but I will tell you, what's the first question? You can't leave us hanging. Explain, like explain your business to me like I was a six-year-old. What is the fundamental problem you're trying to solve? Oh, I love that. But and like, they go, like, they go. As, uh, well, I did. Without go, fairness uh, to them, you as a six-year-old was smarter than everyone else as a six-year-old. So I don't know if I was smart, I just cared more. Yeah. I really, I cared. My, I cared for my mom. You know what I mean? Mom, yeah. my sibs, that kind of thing. But that's the first question I ask. And then Shuttles. I'm like, so then explain the business model, right? How big is the TAM? Hmm. Do you have a go-to-market strategy? Do you have product market fit? Have you done price sensitive testing? Tell me about all the data. What have you learned so far? How, how do, you know, what do you need from me besides money? Right. Cause a lot of them are coming to me and saying, man, you got this choo-choo training. You guys are touching hundreds of thousands of agents every single month, yeah. YouTube and everything else. Boy, if I can ride along with you and I'm like, ah. Eh, Okay, yeah. so if this is just a you want me to invest so, so I can be a promoter, I'm not I'm not a NASCAR. You yeah. with me? I'm not gonna have like 800 stickers on me. So even though I've, I've got this for me a decent sized portfolio of companies, 
there's only like maybe four or five that actually get any love from me on that level. Yeah. You with me? Others, I might do a marketing deal with them or something. But for the most part, it's investing in companies I think are making a dent that are today. My, my, my thesis is more like, can this be a billion dollar business? And if it can't be, I don't want to spend a lot of time with it. Mm. You with me? So, so if this is like, a, like I just bought a third of a company that is counter to my thesis, but I looked at it and said, okay, if I, if I buy a third of this business, at a million dollar valuation with $75,000 a month in MRR with two really great entrepreneurs at the helm, no operational excellence. If I can install operational excellence, move them into one of my offices in Orange County or Dallas, give them a little more uh, guardrails, if you will, that I already know the three buyers are. So I'll get it to like 10 million in ARR and then we'll sell it for 30 or 40 million bucks. And it's like, it's like buying a house that you just go, that's a great neighborhood. That's a shitty house. Buy it, fix it, flip it. Sherpa. Same thing. Sherpa. Yeah. You're using your wisdom. Yeah. Uh, uh, Biggest regret? None. Dude, I believe that too. None. I have no regrets. Um, Best advice. Uh, You're okay where you are. You're just too good to stay there. That's, and it's not my advice. That is my, my, I would call my, my second dad who was my dad's first boss, a guy named Bill Mitchell, used to run a little company called the Irvine Company in Orange County. Met him when I was 18, one of the first meetings my dad let me sit in on a, a board meeting. And he stood next to me and I just, he had a Mickey Mouse watch on. Everybody else was like, I mean, it was literally in that room, uh, the founders have got the Ranker Corporation, you know, like it was all these just rock stars of the industry at that time, infomercials, sales and marketing businesses, and this guy. And then, you know, Is this a hooked on phonics guy? Uh, he did, he did the hooked on fire. His, his son and daughter did that. No his way. son-in-law, excuse me, Ken, Ken and Barbie, by the way. And yes, Literally. Ken looks like you and Barbie blonde and like it was, it was perfect. Wow. But he would say to me all the time, just remind people like, you're okay where you are. You're just too good to stay there. Keep up the practice. Damn. It's Keep like getting better. Mike Brady and Socrates had a baby. 1000%, 1000%. Wow. But he was you know, he was born in Michigan where, you know, you went outside to open up a little door and go to the bathroom. And then if you couldn't crank the thing hard enough, you didn't get any water. And like, so he was raised in that and became one of the most successful entrepreneurs, home builders, Mm. executives for this huge company called the Irvine company. Big shout out to Bill Mitchell the past couple of years ago. Like he had a thousand of those. I have two books, uh, that he wrote, he took, he would write memos and he would send it like to his granddaughter or he'd send it to his friends. And then he packaged all those books or all those memos into a book. And it was just like his thoughts. And then I made him write before he passed a letter to both of my boys and they, they don't know it, but I think when they're like 25 or 27, I'll hand it to him. Cause they know Papa Bill. Wow. They just don't know the significance that he had on my life. The impact that book could have on their life. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and, and, and I wish I you could have met him because you would, you would have, he would have loved like your, your sense of humor. He was like your Mr. Miyagi. 1000%. Wax yeah. on, wax off. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm driving. Um, yes. what's your legacy? Uh, did you ever read the poem, the dash? Uh-uh. It's a, it's, it's, it's a powerful message about the day you're born, the day you die, the dash in the middle is the story of your life. And it's, it's usually something I would send to somebody after someone they love passes mm. because it's just, it, it brings you so much encouragement and hope in a time where you're just, you, you're going through the five stages of grief. Mm. Um, it's this beautiful poem, highly recommend everybody reads it and you can Google it. Um, the dash for me is, is interesting. Cause I think there is the dash me as a dad. There's the dash me as a husband. There's the dash me as an executive. There's the dash me as an investor. There's the dash me as a coach. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think a lot about like my legacy as much as I think about like, just do good every single day, serve customers, love on your peeps, solve problems like a madman every single day and love on your family. And like wherever, I think when I die, there'll be, I hope a lot of people there. A buddy of mine and Craig Lewis, who you'd love mm-hmm. was on here a few months back. I don't know if you were in here, but he said you die twice in your life. Mm-hmm. One time is when you leave this earth and you pass on to heaven. Yep. And the second is the last time someone mentioned your name. Uh-huh. And I heard that and literally like, I, I think I like cry. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. that again, you're the wake that you're leaving, that you're, yeah. that you're leaving, the wake that you're creating is so significant yeah. that your name could literally live on like a, like a song or a movie. Yeah. You know, I think that again, that just made me think so different where I'm like, right. holy crap, you die right. twice. Once when you leave this earth and the other is when someone says your name for the last, last time. time, it's crazy. I had to hear it a second time. No, it, like the dude, second time it had even more meaning for me. No, for real. Yeah. And, and no, I, 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 I agree. In all honesty, it, it makes you think different yeah. where, not that the name Tom Ferry or Rogers Healy has to live right. forever, but it's right. like, how do you know that generations to come, other than yeah. just your direct bloodline, yeah. your impact is felt? And I think yeah. you're doing that as well as anybody has ever met. So I named my uh, first son after my dad and my father-in-law. And then I named my second son after my best friend and co-founder and then me. So that, you know, like just, I, I always wanted to have a little piece of it in there, but I wanted to honor my, my dad and my father-in-law. My father-in-law was like a World War II vet, like tough as nails. Wow. And my dad's my dad, like the two of them together. So. Or you wanted to have another kid and name it Rogers? It's kind of what I was thinking. That is. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Was that, would that be weird? No, I actually. Would, I, can I just I, adopt you? I, dad? <laughs> Daddy, is that dad, you? Daddy? I'm finally on the show, oh son. Oh my God, I knew that I liked <laughs> punk rock music for a reason. Exactly. I was going to bring him, I was going to bring you my older brother's first record. Um, but I think if you would have played it, you would have thought little of me because it was a horrible album. You know, the only genre yeah. of music I've never, I don't love, I don't love uh, disco. I can appreciate yeah. the Bee Gees. Yeah. Yeah. I hate punk rock. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I've never, I like Green Day, which is not like, but like, I they're, don't, they're power pop, the Sex like, Pistols and groups like that, I yeah. I cannot connect yeah. with it if if I had pressure on me to do so. I I'm going to get you uh, an album called Milo's, Milo Goes to College by The Descendants, and you will say, oh my God, that's the Beach Boys fast. Really? Harmony, great lyrics, super tight as musicians. Milo goes to college by the, the descendants, descendants. like with the skull in the front and not their no, 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 no. I mean, there's a thousand other bands with the skull no, in the front. In their, no. no, but in their, the no. descendants, they, no. who am I thinking of that had their album had a, had a skull on the front. Um, and it was almost like the skull from the Goonies. G- GBH. Uh, I think it's the descendants. I'm not joking. No, I'm looking at it right now. I'm actually yes. going to play you a song right now while we're on the podcast. I just want you to listen to, right, let's see if you can get it. Ready? I'm, And write a little rhyme. So for pre, you. it's like pre offspring. This, this was 1978. What you mean to me? Send it's, it to me. It's I'll, absolutely I'll beautiful. I, and that was, but that was in 1978. They would get booed by everybody else. It was like, and shave your head. They were ahead of their time. They were way ahead. And then you look at like offspring, Pennywise, uh, all these bands that all say descendants. If it was not for the, the, nobody would be doing power pop. Wow. So that like, when I say punk rock, like that's, yeah, that's my origin. Fair. Yeah. Last question, because we've been here for three weeks. And I just sang in your podcast and I have a horrible voice. No, no, I believe it. And again, which reminds (laughs) me. No, no, no. I believe you have a horrible voice. (laughs) (laughs) How do we support you? How do we find Tom Ferry? How do can, we support you? Can you get you? me an extra 800,000 monthly views on my YouTube channel? That would make the world to me. No, this is going to go viral. Yes. Please, how, viral. How, how do we support you? Uh, 
exactly what we did before we got on the show. The text of my old sister who is moving to Dallas, like you are, I have not met your wife yet. You are such a spirit. So I just know like all of us, we can get together and we just Do hang out more. My wife go. really exists. No, I've seen her in the photos. Okay, good. And, well, that and, can just and, be Photoshop. And your daughter is gorgeous. And so uh-huh. is there. She also has big cheeks. So it's like, it's, it'd be like a cheek fest. Um, I don't know. A website. That's a great idea. I don't know. Baby <laughs> websites could be weird. Uh, but, no, I'm saying like, how do we find you online? Oh, People oh, are God, watching I was this. like, baby website, no, man. Website I don't think so. Uh, I would say go to TomFerry.com. Uh, I would actually say go to my YouTube channel and watch the podcast I did with Rogers Healy because it was the funniest. I, I probably like, I, I blush very naturally. Like when I think things are really funny. Ooh. Right. And no, I just do. I mean, it's a Reddit thing. Right. But you stumped me seven times easily in my own podcast where I was just dying laughing. And I know you probably see that every day, but for me, it was like the first time we met, we had this casual conversation. I'm like, let's go do the show. And then bam, like you were just on. So watch that show 11,000 times. As long That's as we get to a million views. Yes, exactly. So, so TomFerry.com, Instagram, <laughs> yeah. Tom Ferry. And anybody yeah. in the world of yeah. sales, this guy yes. is the real deal. Yes. He's, a, he's a friend. He's authentic. And I, I love supporting people that, I appreciate uh, that support the right causes. So uh, thanks for coming today and yeah, for man. being a great friend and for singing Yeah, yeah. As thank well. you so much. Here's to when I get... The, and to Bobby Boucher. And to Bob, 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 my name is Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. Uh, I like Vicky Valancourt. I want to play foosball. <laughs> uh, That's all we got. Is that how you end every show? Yes.